0: This is a a time where hope is more than just an attribute we want to have. It's something that we really need to have. And wherever we can find that hope as we're dealing with the continual, little, continual changes that are happening because of the spread of the coronavirus and the subsequent societal changes that we're having, trying to deal with what exactly does social distancing mean and all of the things that we're, we're really working through right now. <laughs> having a hope that is not a living hope is no hope at all because as things change and they change so rapidly, things that we may have had hope in before now become, I was e- even looking at this earlier this morning and there was a a drug that's a very common drug to use to treat malaria that was seen to be very promising. And and so there was a lot of scurrying about a lot of hope, okay, this is going to be the solution. And I've not seen anything since. And so I was looking to see if there's anything more. And and that's kind of the hope that we have right now. It's a hope that it's so easily dashed. It, it moves and changes. And The hope that we have in Christ isn't that way at all. It's a hope that remains firm. And from generation to generation to generation, as one generation passes and another is raised up, that hope remains the same and strong and firm because it is alive. And death once tried to conquer that hope, and it was put in the grave one, two, three days, but resurrected and remains resurrected to this very day. And so the worship that we've come to offer up to that living hope is one that will be just as effective and just as important a year from now, 10 years from now, should the Lord tarry as it is this very moment. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the privilege of being able to be in your presence. And Lord, I thank you that Kathy phrased things the way that she did. And it doesn't matter where we are You're already there. Lord, thank you that we can be together even as we are apart because we are connected not by our own proximity, but by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that you are indeed the living hope and that your love transcends every circumstance, whether it be the scourge of locusts or the subsequent starvation of famine, whether it be the ravages of war or of natural disaster father you are in working through all of the experiences that we have not just the massively newsworthy ones but the small disappointments that we have the relational hiccups that we experience the difficulties that we have of even Looking at what's going on in our own corner of the world and making sense of it. And so, Father, we come, we give you worship, you're worthy, and we ask for your wisdom as we open your word today. I ask this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. We've been extending uh, the 40 days through the word series by looking at one particular way of studying god's word and i've had to change it just a little bit these last couple of weeks uh, just really for practicality's sake but the idea is that that we can look at a character both positive or negative in the scripture and learn from it and we've been looking at the character of jesus christ as i've worked through the events leading up as recorded in the gospel of mark to jesus's crucifixion and subsequent resurrection I've been picking out different character traits each week. Today I'm going to talk about Jesus's strength. And strength is something that we really value in our culture. And we value it in all of its positive outcomes, but also in most of its negative outcomes. And we celebrate almost with equal vigor the negatives as we do the positives. As I was looking for the, you know, hey, is this particular drug effective or not effective? You know, what did the study show? Uh, I, I came across something that was completely unrelated. It was, um, I don't know, even if I didn't read the article, but it was uh, a wrestling thing, you know, it was an advertisement for a wrestling thing. And, and, you know, that's all about strength and, you know, how one powerful person can overcome another powerful person and the drama around that. And it's a very popular thing in, in our culture, and that's on that negative side. But yet arenas will become filled with people screaming and shouting and, and encouraging their particular strong person, male or female, you know, along. You know, to, they would conquer the other strong person and, and do all those things. It's just we value strength. But oftentimes, I think because we value strength equally in both of its negative and positive, or maybe even sometimes not even equally, we miss the best parts of strength. And so I really want to focus in on Jesus's strength uh, this morning as we look at the really hours leading up to his crucifixion. So if you have your Bibles, um, turn them on, get to them, find Mark, the 14th chapter. Jesus has moved through the last supper with his disciples. He's saying the hymn of great victory he's moving to those final hours where the decision is really going to be made to follow through on the task that he took up when he left heaven and came to earth verse 32 of mark 14. Jesus and his disciples went to the olive grove called gethsemane and jesus said sit here while i go and pray he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. So the larger group of the disciples, he sat in one place that hey, hang out here. He took that smaller group, and he went a little ways away to spend some time talking to God. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, that the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then Jesus returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And this is an interesting, and it's a little bit off topic, so I'm going to stop right here. This is an interesting aside in the, in the narrative of the story, because Jesus has already told Peter that Peter is going to betray him. And so he's encouraging Peter to push back against the temptation that's going to really overtake him in just a few hours and and he's trying to really enforce to Peter the absolute necessity of his being prepared and Peter lets it pass him by I've often thought about that in my own strength and lack thereof how often Jesus has told me hey this is coming up you'd be prepared you'd be ready and you're going to need to be strong and I'm like well I can do it and I think that's where we saw Peter, especially as the narrative is illustrated in the other Gospels, you know, he, he takes his own strength, but he misses the most important part and ends up denying Jesus three times. Then Jesus left them again and prayed in the same prayers before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. Uh, the, the Greek says their eyes were very burdened. They were like weighed down. And they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but know the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd, men armed with swords and clubs, They'd been sent by the leading priest, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Jesus asked them, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you would come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day, but these things are happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. Strength is normally tested under some sort of duress. Uh, It can be a duress that's a positive duress. You know, you're you're needing to move things from one place to another to build. It can be strength under a negative duress. Somebody's pinned under something heavy and you have to move that particular thing up so the person may escape. Uh, Strength always requires some sort of tension, some sort of opposition. And so... I really want to look at jesus's strength as we see these different tensions these different oppositions that he is facing in this per- particular passage now jesus's strength is demonstrated throughout the gospels over and over again and not just in this passage but i think that if we will really consider carefully the things that he is facing in these moments then we really can be genuinely amazed by his strength but also really encouraged because that very same strength, and this is so often forgotten in my own life, but so often forgot in the life of Christians, that very same strength rests in those who belong to him. And so when we think that, hey, I can't do it anymore, um, that may very be true, but he can do it in us. And Paul takes this 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 very theme and he, he declares, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me and and that is a that is a nod to this truth that we see that that strength that very same strength this strength from the story is in us so i just want to go back through the passage and just point your attention to some very specific evidences of jesus's strength in verse 33 Jesus took Peter James and John and he becomes as the new living translation says deeply troubled and distressed this word that's translated distressed is is a weird word and i don't think it really has a good equivalent into the english language because what what it what it means is to become excited and the only way that you know, i thought about this and you know how am i going to try to illustrate what what this would be and, and I, I think that probably the easiest way is if, if you take water and you put it on a, a, a heating element and you want to bring it to a boil, what you're doing is you're distressing those molecules in that water. You know, pr- at, at first, you know, you, you can see just a little bit of movement, uh, almost imperceptible, and then there's those telltale little teeny itty bitty bubbles. But when the, finally the, the stress becomes at its complete fullness, there's all sorts of movement going on. There's bubbles coming up in the water. And that, I think, is probably the best way of describing what Jesus, the, the word that is used to de- describe what Jesus is feeling. You know he he 'd had those the closer you know when when he looks over Jerusalem, he weeps because he knows they 're going to reject him, then he goes through the process of the hosannas that was mentioned in our worship and and as they're they 're screaming, you know save us, save us, save us, you know he knows that they 're going to also be screaming in, in just a few short hours, crucify him, crucify him crucify him, and so you know, that 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 stirring of his spiritual water becomes more and then he has this meal with them and he's describing to them what he knows is coming in the in the loss of his body and in the draining of his blood and then they 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 can't really understand the betrayal but the betrayer leaves i mean so this is this is heating up heating up heating up heating up and now jesus is at that place that all the events are now going to be irreversible and it comes to a boil And so he bears the weight of that stress, that distress. And he says to his followers, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. We see boiling is coming up, coming up, coming up. Um, But Jesus, he describes it to his followers as more of a crushing down, crushing down, crushing down, crushing down to where life itself is in question. I, I, I know, I've, I've read, and I've seen once or twice over the past several decades, how crushing events can be. Once or twice, I've seen someone die of not natural causes, but really a broken heart. Just the the sorrows of the moment just overcame and their heart stopped beating and it was just over. I think this is what Jesus is trying to describe, not only to his followers, but being has been sent that to generation and generation and generation, even to this day. And I think it's really easy for us who know the end of the story to really miss the fullness of the impact of how we got to the end of the story. He has to be strong enough to be at that place to where the crushing is so immense that life itself is in question, to where the agitation is so incredible that the boiling of emotions is just happening, and yet he presses on. That is true, true strength. Jesus goes where he always goes to find strength to make it to the next moment. And that's in the conversation with the Father. Lots of people have asked me over the years, you know, how does this work? How does God the Father and God the Son, you know, interact with each other? You know, how does that relationship go? And there's some good illustrations. I'm really not going to go in today because the bottom line is, is I really don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. I don't know how Jesus could be so fully subservient to that which he's inextricably connected to. I, I don't know. It's it's too big for my mind said so there's some great ways of looking at it to kind of help to make some little understanding. But we do know that he does come in subservience, in submission. And he does go to the Father for strength. And he says, this is what I need. Verse 36, Abba Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. I think that Again, it's really important, particularly in these days where there are many who are having to deal with the reality of a loved one or a friend or a coworker being separated. And as I read more and more about the nature of the disease, or the virus that's sweeping through this world, just how devastating it could be to those that it takes hold of. I mean, it's it's just gruesome. And and I think it's easy to forget that that very same level of of disturbance and emotion was things that Jesus also had to bear. But it's not bearing for somebody else. It's bearing for himself. And he says, if there be any way, is there any other solution? Take this one way. This is so awful that I don't want to do it. But strength, Replaces what would be for you and I the opportunity to run, and it's said. Uh, and Jesus says, "Yet yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine." Just like I don't know the, the nature of how that relationship always or always worked in anything, but just a just really really small, infin- infinitesimally small bit of understanding. I can also understand just the incredible weight of what Jesus knew he was going to have to do. It wasn't just his own death, which is scary enough. I mean, if, if there's been lots of movies and stories written about people who have been introduced to their death date, their death time, their death means, you know, you're going to die in an accident or an airplane crash or of a disease or whatever, and just how upsetting that is to know, to have that information which Jesus has, but in addition to that, he's not just dying for himself, he's dying for every person who has ever died, every person who's going to die, all of us. He's taking that death upon himself because he's taking my sin and your sin upon himself. And I can't imagine that. I don't know what that would be like. This this cup of wrath that he is speaking about, the one that he wants to find some other way of taking care of, is the real problem dying is terrible and dying the way he's going to die is terrible but it's beyond that he's dying for death itself to be put on him and that I cannot understand but he says in the strength of the moment even that kind of death which is a death that none of us can really imagine we can write books about it we can try to somehow build a bridge to it but we cannot get there that death, if that's what needs to be done, that's what we're going to do. And so he bears the weight of the Father's will. There's been many times when people have done incredibly heroic things and they've done incredibly sacrificial things and we have told those stories from generation to generation to generation and they should be told over and over and over again um there's a context in that and there's there's some sort of support system in that there was a a story of a soldier in world war ii who was against violence but for serving his country and the story is is told of how a retreat was made during a particularly fierce battle And there were soldiers that were left behind that were wounded or had been separated from their comrades and how this one soldier unarmed and unable to affect any sort of violence against those that were seeking to kill him, rescued soldier after soldier after soldier after soldier after soldier and just kept on going and going. And it's a phenomenal story. It's it's a mind-blowing story. And if you're not familiar with it, look it up. It's, it's an incredible, incredible story. And his strength and his resolve and that he connected it to his faith in Christ. It also makes a point that I made earlier, but I'm not even going to go there. Um, it is, it's just phenomenal. And I got to thinking about it. And you cannot escape the fact that his courage was in a context of courage. Because his fellows, these ones who were wounded, his fellows, the ones that were left behind, these were also ones that faced death themselves. And so they were going into this environment to where their eventuality was most likely going to be wounded or death. And so he was he was an incredibly and uniquely courageous person in the midst of a courageous environment. We do not see that here. We see lackluster fellows. People who aren't full of courage for that which has come, but who are just naturally and quite understandably tired. Verse 37, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give give in to temptation. For the spirit is weak or willing, but the body is weak. Go ahead and sleep, verse 41. Have your rest, but no the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Their eyes were heavy. They were burdened down. They'd had a long day. They had a big meal. All of these things had happened. And yet, Jesus, who says this is the hour of the greatest test, Jesus, who says this is the hour of the most phenomenal Opposition is not in the company of courageous fellows. He's in the company of people who are just tired, just sleepy. So he's really on his own, and that is that is the strength that's beyond strength. It's one thing to be courageous when there are other people that are also being courageous alongside you. It's another thing to be strong when other people can't even stay awake. Jesus is also bearing the weight of an impotent betrayal. There are some television shows on, on right now. I don't watch any of them, but I try to keep up so if somebody does watch them, I know at least can say, oh yeah, I've heard of this show. But there are several that are built around betrayal. They're built around different dramatic elements that are connected to betrayal. And I've noticed in the plot lines of these, because I, I read about them, uh, I've noticed in the plot lines of these shows that the betrayals are always based around some sort of power play. And so this person wants to get to that place, and so they betrayed that person or this principle to get from here to there. And, and so there's, there's a strength to that. It's not a positive strength, but it is a strength to that. You know, I'm manipulating my environment to get from here to there to achieve this from this to that you know there's some sort of an end game a goal we do not see that here in fact quite the opposite we see a level of just absurdity in the in this story I mean what's to be gained 30 pieces of silver for Judas the getting rid of a political threat for the religious leaders, the removal of a riot monger for the Romans, what's to be gained? What's to be moved? How is it to be done? It is met with this force that one would expect a revolutionary, a riot monger, a genuine political threat to be met with. But there's no power in it because there's no place to go with it. And that's the whole thing. In in, in betrayals, there's supposed to be some sort of a payoff to it. And, And Jesus really speaks very clearly to this. Am I a dangerous revolutionary? Verse 48. Did you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there amongst you teaching every day. But these things he says, are happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. You want to be um, in that place to where some power is going on. You want to at least have, you know, that, that, that strength of being able to fight, you know, that kind of thing. But here, there's no power in it. Yes, there's this show of force with the clubs and then nighttime arrest and all those kinds of things. But really, it's a sign of friendship way 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 closer than socially distancing a kiss on the cheek that becomes the avenue for the betrayer the avenue for the betrayed and so there is no force here there is just what we would consider to be friendship here and i know that i'm really on the periphery of 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 understanding here and I don't want to be oblique, but I think it's worth considering because it takes one kind of strength to grapple, even with the betrayer. It takes a complete different kind of strength to deal with the betrayal. So if we're in that fight, you know, then we can, you know, that's, we're pounding but Jesus had already said not my will but yours be done and so there's there's no opposing force there there's just the receipt of that betrayal and that takes some strength that takes some strength that becomes incredibly incredibly difficult to imagine I know for some who are listening uh, this you are just going like huh I just I have no idea what that guy just said and I understand I get it um, but perhaps it'll plant a seed in your mind and you'll remember a time in your life when you're betrayed or, God forbid, you'll have to deal with that sometime in the future to where there was no force back in the betrayal that was just received. And that's exactly what happened here. The kiss was received. He didn't slap Judas in the face. He didn't punch him in the head. He didn't kick him in the shin. He didn't resist the arrest. And and, and think about this. Jesus could have just said, hey, here's the angel guys. They're going to scare you to death. And I'm walking out of this. Could have done it, but he didn't. There was no resistance. John um, really focuses in on this part and And this is i think the final part of uh how jesus's strength is really really portrayed in this this passage is uh he bears the weight of the insult so not only the the impotency of the betrayal this kiss there's no pushback but also the incredible insult am am i a robber you know am, am i a violent person that you have to come with all of this show of force I'm going because I'm not going because of you. I'm going because that's what the Father wills me to do. But when they, they ask him in, in John the 18th, or yeah, John the 18th chapter, they ask him, are you Jesus? And uh, Jesus says, I am, Ego, in, in, in the Greek. And the response of the crowd, according to John's recounting of this particular thing, is is quite amazing. They all fall back. And that really demonstrates the, the respect that he was owed. I mean, here is God in the flesh. He's the one that has created the world through whom all things are held together. And they want to know, are you this person? And when he declares that that's who he is, the response is falling back. Because that's the reverence. That's the awe. But they still come and arrest him anyway. Which is also strength that has to be present to bear the fullness of an insult. So they arrest him. And then verse 50. Then all his disciples deserted him. And ran away. So Jesus bore the weight of his of the insult of not being a violent, but being faced with violence, of not being given respect, even though just two words, maybe three, ego ego me, was enough for him to cause the whole crowd to fall back. Of the friends who had sang the victory song just a few minutes earlier few hours earlier, and who had sworn to a person that they would stand by him when faced with the strength of the opposition, lost their own strength, and ran away. This is the strength of our Savior, and this is something that we must, must consider in these days. For those that are followers of Jesus Christ, we need to remember that that very same strength resides in us. And as we look at our different life situations, you know, some are in very dangerous situations because of their workplaces. Some are very dangerous situations because of their age or their health condition. Uh, Some are not. Some are just experiencing great difficulties because they're now a teacher because their children are not going to school we have lots of different life situations and in each one of those life situations we can deal with the reality of just not having what it takes to deal with it but if we have jesus we have strength we have this kind of strength that relies resides in us and that we need to rely on that strength to go beyond whatever difficulty that we're experiencing whether it be just absolutely frightening to the nth degree or absolutely inconvenient to the nth degree or somewhere in, in between in that spectrum and say you have given me strength and so I can be part of what you're doing and be part of the accomplishment of this time because there is things that God is doing and will do in this time and we need to take that up and it's going to be far far easier to just join the disciples and say you know what this really just wears me out and it just be tired and to continue to sleep for those that are not followers of Jesus Christ and have heard this story and maybe by God's power been stirred in your hearts to become followers of the one that would demonstrate such strength I'm gonna beg of you become that follower choose to release the control of your life and to receive. Jesus's control he demands it he says if you're going to receive the strength that I have you're going to receive the life that I have guaranteed because I have conquered death if you're going to receive these things your life is forfeit for the sake of following me the really cool thing is is it doesn't require some great preamble it's just a choice to respond to God's offer of love To come in and to take away those things that will cause death maybe in the next moments or death in the next hours or days or weeks or years i don't know but that be removed forgiveness be reinserted and then joy to have abundance in the life now and then joy to have eternity given to you not because you've earned it or you've demanded it but because it's been freely given And so I'm going to encourage you to make that choice now. So again, brothers and sisters in Christ, you have this very same strength in you. This strength will allow you to do things that doesn't make sense in this world, but make sense in what God's doing. Be listening for him. He'll do all sorts of incredible, creative things in you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, choose to make that choice today. Fathers, we uh, declare the incredible beauty of the cross and what you did on the cross. God, I ask that the lyric of this song will just be an extension of the grace that you have given to us in the demonstration of your strength, that you would bear all of this weight in absolute terror still choosing to move ahead with taking my sin and the sin of the whole world, all our death, all our disease, all our destruction, everything, and burying it and offering us life instead. God, let this be our hope that is alive every moment of every day. And God, let us love each other the way that you've commanded that we do openly freely without fear without holding back because that's how you've loved us let it be so even in these days of great upset, of great upside down of great fear for many of great frustration for many a day in which you are still sufficient in all things because of Jesus for it's in his name that I pray